So protector parts can show up as addictions where, you know, these parts are trying to help us mask and numb our feelings. They don't want to feel those dark, you know, very uncomfortable, painful feelings. It could also uh, look like anger or lashing out, right? This is our nervous system's protective fight response, and that can become a part. Um, we can also have an overthinking and worrying part. And this part is attempting to try to problem solve and prevent bad things from happening. Um, so the list goes on and on in terms of how these parts show up trying to protect us. We have hardworking, overachieving parts, perfectionist parts, right? And the common denominator they all have is that they're trying to help us cope and in life, at work, in relationships, and trying to help us avoid that deeper pain that we experienced earlier in our lives. everyone. Welcome to Open Mind Night, a show that talks about everything mental health and mental illness related. I'm your host, Robin Tamanaha, licensed marriage and family therapist. Joining me on this episode is my guest, Alyssa Martinez. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist providing individual online psychotherapy for adults in California, specializing in helping people break free from anxiety and self-doubt so they can feel empowered, calm, and confident. Hi. Hi, Robin. Thanks for being back. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, if you haven't already, definitely check out the last episode we recorded um, on comparison and imposter syndrome and all that. That was really good. So this today's episode is kind of a branch off of that. In that mm -hmm. episode, we started to talk a little bit about internal family systems. So and this one, we're going to do like a, like a deep dive into mm -hmm. it, which I'm super excited because I feel like with all, there's so many different options out there when it comes to interventions and everything. And this one isn't always talked about. So I don't know how many people know too much about it. Okay. So could you, we'll do like a brief little recap here uh, just to set it up. What is internal family systems? So internal family systems is a therapeutic modality that really is a way of working with the difficult thoughts and feelings and ways that we have of reacting to those thoughts and feelings um, as we cope with the challenges of life. And it's really about working with those reactions, working with those thoughts, thought patterns, and getting unstuck, right? So we can come at life, come at our work, come at our relation, our relationships from kind of a more stable, grounded, healed and whole self. That's kind of a nutshell of what IFS is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think when I first um, 
heard about and learned a little bit about it. A big thing that I'd always hear about when it came to IFS was parts work. Yeah. What is that? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to talk definitely about parts, but let me just kind of set it up. Um, so before we talk about parts, we need to talk about the emotions and the states of mind that we experience on a daily basis. So, you know, we're all familiar with moments of anxiety, feeling angry, excited, sad, spacey, ashamed, right? As human beings, we're always reacting emotionally to something or someone, right? That's just being human. And, you know, someone cuts you off on the freeway you're mad. How you react outwardly, you know, can run the gamut. Um, but that's a reaction. Or maybe you're working in a very stressful and competitive workplace. And as a response to that, right, you might feel some of that imposter syndrome stuff coming up, anxiety, overwhelm, uh, fear that you're not good enough for the job, etc. And so, Obviously, you know, there are so many contexts in which we have emotional reactions in a daily, in a daily life, in our daily lives. Um, and what IFS does is it offers a different way to look at and to work with these kinds of emotional reactions. Okay. And according to IFS, and this is where we get to the idea of parts. These emotional reactions and thinking patterns um, stem from energies or subpersonalities, if you will, inside of us that we all have, or parts. Now, these are aspects of ourselves. We could have an anger part, a fear part, an anxiety part. And when I say subpersonalities, I want to differentiate this. This is not multi, uh, you know, dissociative identity disorder, which used to be known as multiple personality disorder, right? Um, so we all have these subpersonalities. We call them parts. And these parts really play a big role in how we react emotionally, how we react to life, how we cope. Yeah. So that's what IFS is talking about when. They say parts. Yeah. yeah. Got it. I like that. And thanks for differentiating from the DID multiple personalities. Yeah. 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 And, you know, these parts and the emotional reactions that they hold, the ways that they hold of reacting usually came into being in our earlier childhood or growing up. Time at a time or times in our lives when we were younger and outwardly powerless. And so these parts can become and hold a lot of those emotions that we had way back then. And we respond and react from that place. And this will make more sense as I explain um, on. So when we look at our parts, right, those inner parts in us, IFS divides them kind of into two categories, okay? So in one category, we have these emotionally wounded parts of ourselves. Now, these are the parts that maybe never fully psychologically, emotionally healed from painful earlier life experiences, right? These are the parts that hold the shame, the fear, 
sadness, right? Certainly they can hold all of the trauma, right? And for those who are familiar with doing inner child work, right, we can think of these parts as kind of, you know, our inner children or an inner child. And these are the parts that IFS calls the exiles, and we'll get more to that term. Now, in the second category of parts, we have parts that came into being to protect these wounded parts, to protect these exiles. And this second group of parts, these are the protector parts. And what they do is they take on patterns of coping and reacting emotionally as a way of helping us not feel the pain of those exile parts, to not feel that unresolved grief, shame, trauma that's being held by those vulnerable wounded parts. So these protector parts, that's their agenda, right? That's their job. Um, but how they do it can feel very uncomfortable and can lead to its own sets of problems. So for example, I'll give you some example of some protector parts. So protector parts can show up as addictions where, you know, these parts are trying to help us mask and numb our feelings. They don't want to feel those dark, you know, very uncomfortable, painful feelings. It could also uh, look like anger or lashing out, right? This is our nervous system's protective fight response, and that can become a part um, we can also have an overthinking and worrying part. And this part is attempting to try to problem solve and prevent bad things from happening. Um, so the list goes on and on in terms of how these parts show up trying to protect us. We have hardworking, overachieving parts, perfectionist parts, right? And the common denominator they all have is that they're trying to help us cope and in life, at work, in relationships, and trying to help us avoid that deeper pain that we experienced earlier in our lives. Yeah. That's so amazing. I feel like, as you described it, I started to kind of identify potentially my own. And then I started mm -hmm. thinking about how, like you said, everybody has different parts. Like this is so relatable, I feel like. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is just a part of the human condition. And, and it's why I love IFS so much, because it is so universal across cultures, across belief systems, across gender. And so when we as human beings are in those emotionally reactive moments, and again, when I say emotional reaction, it doesn't have to be a big, huge explosion of emotion. It can be, you know, uh, some thoughts that come up that cause you to feel fearful or anxious, right? That just happen in a blink. And in those moments, what we're doing is we're taking on the beliefs, the feelings, even the sensations and worldviews of that part. And we're seeing and experiencing whatever situation we're, we're being triggered in, we're seeing it and experiencing it through the eyes of those parts and we're reacting accordingly. 
And so much so that we can become over-identified with these parts, with these emotions and mind states, right? I mean, look at our language. I'm an anxious person, right? So many people identify or I'm so angry. We become that part, that feeling in the moment. And in IFS, we call this being blended with the part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does like the work entail then with IFS and these different parts? Like what what's kind of done with them? Yeah, yeah. So IFS, the approach is first to, you know, we want to gain some new awareness and understanding of like, yeah, we have these parts. And in this process, we begin to understand how these parts are actually trying to protect us, how they actually hold pain and different emotions. And we also come to learn how it is we call this they each of these parts has a job they're trying to protect us and they might do their job in a different way right by overwork or uh, you know lashing out addictions whatever it is and so it's really kind of we begin to understand that and we start to we can start to become curious about our parts and when we become curious about our parts they can begin to shift they can begin to soften and they become open to change as we get to know them and we hear the stories of these parts, which are really our stories. And I'm just giving you a broad overview here of the process. And when we start to get curious about them, they can actually transform into parts of us that are actually helpful and less painful and destructive. And we see that these parts actually hold strengths, right? Um, and they become they can become our allies. So it's really about being coming into relationship with these parts, understanding them, even befriending them, which might seem counterintuitive when we think, oh, I just want to get rid of my anxiety part. Right. So there is a lot of um, going within a lot of self inquiry. Right. There's a lot of experiential work that is done when you're going in, you're sensing into the part. Um, And in this whole process, and this is really kind of the gem um, of IFS is when we can start getting curious about our parts, connecting with them, working with them, um, we start to access our whole undamaged core self that's underneath and behind all these parts. This is our true essence, our true nature, okay? This is a part of us that is compassionate, holds wisdom, is calm, grounded, has clarity, is creative, confident. All We talk about the eight C's of the self. And um, even if we have a little bit of curiosity about our parts, we are already tapping into some of that core self energy. So I'm just giving kind of a broad overview there. Yeah, I love it. It sounds very, um, so many things came to mind, but really exploring almost like getting to know yourself even more like on a deeper level. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like where things are, um, what's showing up. I like the, I love experiential stuff and that's essentially kind of, you know, what's showing up right now or within the room. Um, yeah. so I always try to anticipate like potential listener questions. Yeah. So question, what does this look like in the therapy room? Cause I know like you're assisting with facilitating this. So yeah. is it prompts and questions or different um, activities or wh- what would, um, if a person was in the room, what would you kind of be walking them through doing or what would that look right. like? Right. So, you know, when I first start with a client, right, we, we could talk about the things that are showing up in their lives or things about themselves, uh, how they feel, how they react, how they think that they would like to heal and get support with, right? Maybe it is, oh, it's it's my imposter syndrome. I just feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I'm I'm a fraud, right? And so what we do is we hone on, hone in on one area, right? So maybe we'll go with this imposter syndrome. Um, and what I will do is I will will open up a line of inquiry. And I'll invite my client to get curious about, okay, that imposter syndrome, when you're feeling that, when that comes up, how does it feel? What do you notice? And it might be, oh, I'm, it, I feel ashamed, I feel afraid, or I feel anxious, right? And a lot of times we'll talk more about situations that might trigger it, right? We want to connect with kind of what that feels like. And so I'll have them just notice the emotions, maybe name them if they can. And also really notice as you're sensing into that, um, what does that feel like in your body, right? When that anxiety comes up or shame or fear of what if I'm not good enough, what happens in your body? Oh, I I notice I might have some tightness, right? Or I maybe my shoulders kind of collapse a little bit. And it can be very, very subtle. And a lot of times, you know, we have to practice noticing these kinds of things, right? And so my role as therapist is to really facilitate and coach that. Um, And then what I might do is I might ask them, okay, well, I want you to imagine just kind of for the sake of this exploration that this anxiety, you know, or this imposter syndrome is a part of you. It's a part, okay? And notice if it were a part, what form might it take on, right? I might have them sense into their bodies. And if they're noticing a a kind of very noticeable body sensation, we might say, let's say that that imposter syndrome lives there. Does it have a color? Does it have a shape, right? A texture, a form? Um, Sometimes, you know, we notice like, oh, it's a big purple ball in my chest, right? Could be anything. There's no wrong answer here. We just see what the imagination gives. Sometimes what I might invite them to do is, okay, imagine that this part is some kind of a being. It could be a person, could be an animal, maybe even a cartoon character, an energy, and just see what your mind's eye gives you. And so when we do this, we're kind of 
starting to detach a little bit from that part and we're starting to look at it, right? As if it's kind of this part that's a little bit outside of ourselves. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. 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 And so from there, um, we start this inner dialogue, right? And this can take place over a session. It can take place over a series of sessions. It can take place over, you know, a few minutes. So what I invite uh, my client to do is to enter into some dialogue or inquiry with this part, right? And get curious. Here's the thing, get curious. And imagine that this part, whether it's a sensation in your body, a being you're imagining, an object, anything, imagine that it can tell you what's it upset about, right? What are its concerns? And really just listen and be a witness, okay? And for some people, it's a lot easier for them to imagine some third party being expressing, right, <laughs> what they're thinking, what they're feeling, right? And sometimes I tell people, imagine that this character is just up on a movie screen and it's kind of giving a monologue. And so we just witness it. We're curious about it. And then there's a series of other questions that we ask along this way. Uh, we ask along the way, like, you know, what is the job or the role of this part in your life, right? So if you have like an overachieving part, a workaholic, quote unquote, part, what is its job for you? What is its job in your life? Well, I need to work really hard and be the best so I won't fail. And so I'll, you know, do well. And then we ask, well, if you don't, if that part of you didn't do that job, what is it afraid would happen, right? So there's all of these lines of, of inquiry that we can take as we dialogue with it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that is really neat. And I like, which going back to what you described about kind of, um, you know, does it have a color, a, sh a shape, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of having some space from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned that, especially if it may be kind of difficult or um, I wonder you know, even when I think of like somebody who experienced like something very traumatic or something really, really intense, you know, how helpful that could be if like doing at it from that stance or someone mm -hmm. who has trouble. What I see a lot in my practice is trouble with that closeness, like with yeah. really. And then so doing that distance actually, and that's a little bit of space from it and describing it a different way can be mm -hmm. super, super transformative in helping to put things into words, I feel like. Right. Yes, and absolutely. And sometimes, and so what I'm, the first phase is we're really getting to know these protector parts, right? That are protecting the wounded exile parts that mm -hmm. are holding the deepest, darkest pain and emotion. Now, these protector parts do hold emotion as well. Um, but sometimes in this process, you know, a client might feel really overwhelmed by that part, right? Especially when we're dealing with inner critics that can be so harsh, so just uh, really, really hard to, to even sit with the presence of that. And so there are some exercises that I like to do that will help us get even more space from that part. So maybe it's, okay, can you imagine that part is there 
notice you see it. Can you imagine it shrinking down and getting just a little bit smaller in size? Or can you imagine that you are stepping away a few steps and it's stepping away? Or can you imagine that there's a wall coming up in between you and you can still hear it maybe, but not as loud or you can't see it as much, or maybe it needs to go in another room, right? So we're in everything, we're working with the tolerance level of you know, the client, absolutely. So the goal here is not to throw people into an experiential exercise that's going to be too overwhelming for them. So we always make it safe. We always go at the pace, right? That the person needs to go at. Yeah, which is the one of the many good things about therapy is the, the therapist is help with, helps with that pacing. So it's done, yeah. you know, in a safe you know, way and a probably in, in unique to the different clients and like what that pacing looks like. Um, so that's in session. What about like, outside of session are there things that clients kind of once they kind of get started you know with mm -hmm. with this in therapy are there things that they do outside too or that they could yeah, definitely definitely and you know one of the most simplest ways that you know when my clients start working with ifs and they start becoming familiar with these parts what we might do is i like to write out a list of parts okay you have a fear part you have an anxiety part you have this perfectionist part, right? And so the client is really kind of visually seeing like, oh yeah, okay, these are my parts, right? They've maybe been done a little bit of exploration, have had some awareness of these parts. And um, what they are invited to do in between session is, you know, they might obviously be in a situation where, one of those parts get tr gets triggered, right? Maybe their perfectionism and their self-critical part gets triggered. And so what they get to practice doing is just noticing, okay, ooh, notice when you get triggered, what happens in your body, okay? And imagine that that's a part, right? Even if the part is just that sensation in your body, they might they might see in their mind's eye that part that they worked in that they identified in therapy or it might show up differently you know i've had a client who her self critical part shows up as this you know angry tornado right just swirling around and let yourself see it say okay i see you i see you and even maybe enter into a dialogue with that part. What are you concerned about, right? What, what's going on? Now, sometimes in the moment, right, if we're at work, it's really hard for us to be like, okay, I'm going to do this little inner dialoguing exercise with myself, right? It's not always possible. So you can check in with that part and say, I see you. I'm going to check in with you later, right now. I just need you to shrink down, maybe go inside this box. I'm going to have you here in my desk drawer. Um, you know, just really simple little things that they can use to get some space. Like a visualization. Yeah, it's kind of like there's a little visualization now. And I know that's just as a therapist that uses IFS, that's kind of a twist that I put on it. Um, and there's also some journaling 
and writing exercises that they can do too, that I could, you know, share about as well. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that can be really helpful to do is you can grab a notebook, open up a notebook. So you have two blank pages um, or you can just get two blank pieces of paper and grab two different color uh, pens. And when you notice a part come up, I want you to grab one of the pens and I want you to really imagine, maybe there's a visual, maybe you're feeling it in your body. I want you to really imagine that part if you know an image comes up and I want you to speak for that part. And I want you to write out what that part has to say right? What that part has to say and write it out, write it out. Then what I might have um, this person do is, okay, if it's helpful, get up, walk around the room, shake it off, sit down. And I want you to imagine kind of a kind, the kind wise part of yourself, right? Your inner kindness, your inner wisdom. If that's too hard, maybe imagine a benevolent person or being, could be your therapist, right? What would your therapist say? And on the other side of the paper with a different color pen, I want uh, you to read what that other part wrote and respond to it from this other place, right? And then a back and forth dialogue comes about, right? It can be really helpful in between the back and forth um, to get up and walk around, right? Between responses, shake it off. There's a somatic piece there that gives you some detachment. So you can come back and take on the role of the other part and speak from that part as well. Yeah. And so that can be very, very clarifying to do. Right. Very, very clarifying and helpful. That is so neat. I love this. And super like it's interesting, like a way to turn it into like an activity like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. so I love the different piece of paper and like talk, you know, responding to the other. I think that's so neat. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, an offshoot of an activity I do. I know there might be some other IFS therapists who don't do that particular activity, but it's all a way of working with parts. Yeah. Um, And as I've explained IFS here, you know, which stands for internal family systems, Mm -hmm. to speak to the fact that we have a family of internal parts, right? And as we start working with them and connecting with our core whole self, right, that curious self, that compassionate self, then um, that self gets to become the leader of that family, right? The benevolent leader of the family and the parts can start working together and changing and transforming and healing. So again, this is just a kind of a nutshell description of, of IFS, but there's really a lot more to it. <laughs> and yeah, it's a lovely, lovely approach. I love it. Yeah. Um, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything I didn't ask about that you'd like the listeners to know or, or take away? 
Well, you know, I know in a podcast episode, right, we're just kind of giving an overview or even if it's a deep dive of a certain approach. And I will say it is really, really um, can be really helpful and important to do this kind of work with the help of a trained professional, right? With therapists who are trained in this approach, if this is approach is an approach that interests you. Um, because a lot of stuff can come up, right? Or you might be doing an exercise or trying to do an exercise on your own and you notice, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to work with my anxious part here. I'm imagining it. And then maybe all these other parts start coming up, right? So we're working with the anxious part. It's very normal to have other parts crop up right? Memories, other emotions, feelings, right? And so then we get, we need, we, you know, have to work with those too, right? So it can become this dance with many different parts. And, um, uh, you know, a skilled um, IFS informed or IFS trained therapist can really help with that. And at any time, you know, I know I just gave an exercise here, but if at any time this feels too overwhelming, this is too much, stop. It's okay, right? The point of this is not to put you into this experiential um, exercise and completely throw you off the deep, um, deep end and overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. There can be some feelings here. Yeah. So how would somebody know that, like say someone's like, okay, I, I would like to, you know, explore this. And, you know, I think I'm interested in doing IFS. Like how would somebody know whether or not, um, or even where would they go to find out if the therapist is trained in IFS? Like how, you know? Right, right. So, you know, they can go, there is a website, I think it's the IFS Institute, or you can you know, just Google IFS trained therapists mm-hmm. and you can link directly to IFS therapists who are trained. Um, there's different levels of training. Um, and so the Institute lists those. There are other IFS trainers who have been trained in other, you know, by other training bodies, which do great IFS work as well. Um, so you know, you can definitely do a Google or search for that. Um, There are some of the therapy directories like Therapy Den, um, Inclusive Therapists, I think, Psychology Today, where you can do a search for IFS and you can talk to therapists and ask them, you know, what kind of training do you have in IFS? And, you know, how much do you use it? for, you know, and whatever issue that you're bringing um, to therapy. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'll do a search for that directory, the IFS one. And then Uh um, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes for the listener. Yeah. Um, And then they can also uh, take and, you know, do what you said as well. If they reach out to somebody, really ask them those questions that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if the listeners want to find out more about you, where could they go? Website or social media handles? 
Yeah, my therapy website is Elisa Martinez Therapy. That's E L I S A Martinez Therapy.com. And I do have some information about, you know, how I work, some of the different modalities and approaches I use. I use IFS, but I also use a lot of other modalities. And sometimes I blend IFS with different modalities, which is a a really uh, can be helpful way to work. I'm also on Instagram at creating calm confidence. So you can follow me there. I give a lot of helpful tips and, and hacks and, and information that they could apply to their lives for sure. Great. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So they can yeah. definitely follow you or if they want to check out your website and then also um, just for the listeners, we're licensed by state. So mm -hmm. if you're interested in potentially receiving services with her, then as long as you're a resident of the state of California or and in the state of California, when you log on to that video therapy session, then you right. services, it's very specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. And if people are out of state and they kind of have some questions and they want some help finding a therapist, you know, I do have a fairly big, large national network of therapists. So nice. um, I often help people find therapists. Oh, close okay. to them. Yeah. Great. Okay, great. Well, okay. thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for, for being back. And I'm sure I'm going to have you back again to talk about, about other things, but this was so helpful and informative. Perfect. Thank you so much, Robin, for having me. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was informative or helpful. If you think this episode may be helpful to others that you know, be sure to share this episode with them. The resources mentioned and the contact information for today's guest are listed in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating. If you would like to stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast and follow the podcast Instagram at openmindnightpod. Also, this podcast is not psychotherapy or counseling. If you need to speak with a professional, you should find one local to you and contact them directly. If this is an emergency, please call your local emergency number or go to your nearest emergency department.